are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. Um, Jeff, can you confirm that you are wearing your pajamas? I am wearing my pajamas. It's a tough night tonight. I've got a bit of a cold. <laughs> I've got my <laughs> back hurts. Great. Now we're going to also get a cold. No, but you know what, what's the first thing you do when in strife? Put your pajamas. Put your pajamas on. Yeah. So I just thought I wear my pajamas. <laughs> I don't so. have any pajamas. I went to the shop wearing my pajamas because I had to get some painkillers for better. Sorry to digress. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my wife looked at me and went. You just don't care, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and you replied, no, I don't. I was like, well, I mean, look, I, I think my level of not caring is quite an aspirational level. <laughs> but shows where you are in life. You've got to be comfortable, haven't you? Yeah. Have you got pyjamas, John? Oh, you've got those horrible green I've got, um, bottoms. No, I've bought new ones. I've got new comfy pants. They're extra, extra large. Really comfy. <laughs> I'm just glad you haven't got your summer ones on. The, Some ones you can those, see those clingy ones that you uh, <laughs> the Thailand ones yeah. um, leaves nothing to the imagination. <laughs> we are the Football Shed. Uh, we're a weekly podcast recorded by three English blokes that live in Melbourne. Uh, we wear pajamas from time to time, and we record each week in Jeff's shed. Hence the name Football Shed. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. Um, if you enjoy listening to us, give us a review, subscribe, and let your mates know. If you want to get in contact, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on social media, just search Football Shed. Um, And also, don't forget to check out our shiny new website, footballshed.com. And every week we start with a question. And this week's question... Is everyone ready? I'm ready, John. I'm ready. Are you ready, Rog? I'm ready. About Newcastle. I don't think we've had a question about Newcastle ever. Newcastle are on 35 points after 31 games this season. How many points were they on after 31 games last year? I'm I'm going to ruin this question because this was going to be one of my side stories. It's a good fact though. Is it, it 35 points? It is 35 points, but also they have had 9 wins, 8 draws, 14 losses and their goal difference was minus 9. Exactly the same this point last season. Wow. This season. Maybe Rafa's whiteboard really works. But Rafa's a it's, genius. It's, it's one step above that. Not only is their goal difference the same, they scored for 31 and conceded 40. It's exactly the same. So it's exactly the same. So wins, draws, losses, scored, conceded, and points are exactly the same. Wow. At exactly the same point in the season. Rafa's a genius. I yeah, just think he's amazing. brilliant. Is he, he a genius? Well, he knows when he's going to get win points. He sets out and he goes, I'll win points here, I'll win points there, I'll win points Why there. Why doesn't he decide to win more points then? He hasn't got a good enough team. If he had a better team, he would. He did exactly the same at Liverpool. But, uh, and it's just pragmatic to the max. And he knows exactly when he's going to win, when he's going to lose, when he's going to draw 2-2 at Bournemouth with a last-minute equaliser, which is an amazing goal. He knows exactly what's going to happen. I, I've never seen anything like that season on season. Like, I'm, Of course, you'd say it's consistency. <laughs> but it, um, it's baffling it's baffling how that can happen and they're probably going to finish 10th they're probably going to be exactly the same yeah which I think like for Newcastle to finish 10th and having spent basically no money it's incredible but they always spend basically no money but I guess they did the same last year yeah <laughs> and they're really good at yeah. it um, but starting on the Premier League I reckon we should uh, as you're in the room Jeff start with a bit of a Everton win over Chelsea well, what a day that was. I mean, there was no doubt before that game that Marco Silva should be winning manager of the year, right? <laughs> I think there's a few doubts. No doubt that that was, that was inevitable? Um, no. No, well, I mean... Weren't we talking about him not getting the sack? 
No, last week. Surely yes. we were talking about him getting manager of the year for the way he can motivate a team at half time. <laughs> bringing the youngsters through that aren't really playing. All of it. All of it's yeah. real. Like, it's real. Believe. Believe now. Um, we're looking up. We're looking up the table. I think top four is still a possibility, <laughs> math- math- mathematically. Um, is, was it more about the fact that Chelsea have only got one good player in their current system? Yeah, yeah here's the thing. So, when you. Um, I obviously watched that game with quite a keen eye um, a few times because it's very rare that Evan pick up a result like that. Hazard does the same thing. He's like Robin, right? He, he cuts inside yeah, yeah. and then his second touch looks heavy. So just like he did in the first half of this game and just like he scored the previous week. So he cuts inside a little dink and then his second touch looks heavy. And what that does is it makes the defender just a split second of relax. You're like, it's okay, I'm safe, he's put it too far. Yeah. But then when he wraps his foot around it from a distance, it just flies in. Like, it's outrageous that he's allowed to do it over and over again. But if you if you watch what's actually happening, it's because of that heavy touch. It's not heavy, it's just further than you would yeah. expect. And he knows his limitations. So it's... That Hazard's really good. Chelsea in the first half were excellent. In the first ten minutes, they could have been three 0 up, and they probably deserved to be. They hit the bar, hit the post twice. They were very good, and Everton were second to everything. Second half, completely what different changed? story. Well, and here's, here's a weird thing, right? So if you listen to a few interviews after the game, so Seamus Coleman gave an interview. Um, uh, uh, Icelandic bloke. Sigerson gave it. Sorry, I've got a cold. My head's a bit cloudy. Sigerson <laughs> gave an interview. Silver gave an interview, and you can decipher from three different interviews anecdotal evidence of what Silver said at halftime. Yeah. So I'm going to condense it down and paraphrase. He said, "Do everything differently." <laughs> Makes sense. So, so you were crap in the first half. I said, yeah. Seamus Coleman came out and went, "Oh, the, the gaffer said that you know we've just got to change everything and do everything differently." Silver came out and went, oh, "I told them you need to change." Everything <laughs> and do everything differently yeah. if you want to win the game. I'm looking forward to Sigerson's impression. How's <laughs> <laughs> your, your Icelandic? So, <laughs> the gaffer said I needed to do everything differently. No, it's definitely not Yeah, I don't have an Icelandic. I just thought I'd whip out, uh, whip out. You got a, a channel? You're in a Viking. A, a, yeah. Just generic Europe. Yeah. Europe. Um, so the second half was was completely different. The intensity was was excellent and you could feel the crowd as soon as the crowd saw the intensity and here's the thing no matter how strategic you are in football and how you have kind of tactical ability and your coach and all of this there is always a place for just running a bit faster trying a bit harder throwing yourself on the line a a bit more especially when you're a bit crapper than the other team exactly right and Chelsea we've seen this year are a bit flaky like if it's not going for them they're not going to put the effort in they're not going to really and it's not a massive game it's not a cup final or whatever they'll be like oh it's a bit hard I can't be bothered running around Higuain will just stand still yeah and, and, it, and it's complacency because Chelsea was so on the top in the first half and they knew that they should have been 3-0 up they were always playing like a, a Chelsea win is inevitable so when Everton came out in the second half and just just tried a bit harder I know it sounds ambiguous but that's exactly what happened yeah. they just ran harder they they hustled more they put pressure on Chelsea's back lines they were winning the ball back much higher on the pitch they weren't standing off Chelsea and leaving Chelsea the ball and trying to react to the way Chelsea were playing they were just imposing themselves now when Everton had the ball they weren't they didn't have a plan so there was, there was nothing there was nothing tactical about it but what they did was just ruffle their feathers more did they man mark Jorginho? 
Yeah, for the whole game, yeah. which worked in the first half. So worked in the second half far better than the first half. Um, Adrissa Gay was was excellent. Um, man of the match was Calvert Lewin. So we spoke yeah. about uh, bringing in youth and Calvert Lewin actually being just a bit less shit than yeah. we thought he was. I'm starting to believe he is actually less shit than he, than we yeah, thought okay. he was. The way he hustled up front is excellent. So he scored two goals in four games, leading the line. Started all four of those games and. Actually, the his movement is getting a lot better. So he, he's not so much of a headless chicken. Before, he always worked hard, but he used to run in the channels and find himself just stranded. Yeah. And Everton didn't um, didn't overlap well enough to make the most of those positions. But now he's not. Like he's he's, he's zagging and zigging and you know. If you get a run of games as well. You can learn from your mistakes. Whereas if you've, every game you're playing, you're like, I'm going to get dropped next game unless I'm brilliant. You just run around going, Oh shit, don't exactly fucking right. up. Whereas he's got a bit of run going. And he knows he's going to get picked. Yeah. You can actually work on little bits of your game. Particularly as a striker, I think. Because there's yeah. a lot of... You know... It's another cliche. You talk about running more and, you know, with confidence, you could perhaps say the same. But I think it probably is a striker more than any other position. That continuity as a young player is really important. And knowing that if you miss a chance, you're not going to get dropped. Because it just... If you don't... If you've got that stuff in your mind when you've got a chance you're way more likely to miss. Whereas if you're not thinking about it and you're just doing the action, then you're causing more like to score. Yeah, you just relax a bit and you go, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter what happens, but then what happens because you're quite good at football is you score. That's it. And the the fact that he's starting ahead of Cenk Tossen, four yeah. games in a row, starting place, even though, you know, I say he's scoring one every two. And Richarlison's gone back to the left. Yeah, exactly right. Bernard was excellent in the second half, really dynamic. Um, but... It, it makes you just realise that there is a place in football for the for the less gifted work hards. You know, no matter how modern our game gets, I say our game. You know, no matter we, as, <laughs> what as, is our game, yeah, we're invested in it. No matter how how, how modern it gets yeah. and, and how much data there is, and there's always room. In fact, there becomes more space for the Glenn Murrays and the Diego Costas yeah. that. That's their game. They just hustle. And, and, and they hustle yeah. in the face of defenders who now have 25 options on the ball, whereas 15 years ago they had, they had two. And you put, yeah. you put, you put, put it, it foot sideways foot. or, or yeah. put it forward. Yeah. And now defenders are having to make choices. So, so there's almost creating more space for the hustle. And the if you swarm with hustle against a complacent team, what happens in the second half happened. So in a way, you know, you're not going to... Ch- go out to do what Everton did in the first half. There's no way no. Everton would survive nil-nil that half of football again. However, by doing that, Chelsea got complacent and Everton came out as a separate team. I mean, it's what Liverpool do, essentially. Like, I, I mean, I know Liverpool Liverpool do it with a higher standard of player. But, you know, when they play, you know, three blockers in midfield, for instance, like Henderson, you know, Henderson Milner and Wijnaldum, like, that's not... Or Fabinho or whatever. Fabinho, it's yeah. not massively creative, but they almost... Um, get around that by how good they are at pressing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you can kind of you, you you can lose that bit of creativity with what you gain from the from the hustle. The other thing I want to ask you about some um, was the return of Ross Barkley, <laughs> uh, and he got a bit of a reception, um, particularly when he went off. How, how did he go? Um, he played like he played when he played for Everton. Ross Barkley has not changed as a footballer. So he has an excellent touch. He's obviously gifted. Every now and then he does something or he sees some vision that you're like, oh man, this guy's 
This guy's got it. He's got that thing that you can't predict. You know, the, sometimes Ross Barkley does things that FIFA won't let you do. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, that, and that's the beauty of it. But he's so inconsistent. And he's just as inconsistent now as he was when he was playing for Everton. So it was weird watching him at Goodison do exactly what he did, but for the opposing side. And he's just surrounded by slightly better players. So yeah. his mistakes are less highlighted because you don't, you don't give the ball away in the middle of the park and then concede. Someone else comes, Kante comes and saves the day. It's exactly right. It's, it's not it's not punished as much. Did Loftus cheat play? Yeah, he did. He, did uh, he start? In the second half. No, because no. I was surprised with this result, right? Because in um, Europe in midweek, uh, Chelsea played really, really well. Yeah, they won five. They won five nil away from home. Uh, were cl- clinical. Uh, you know, all their goals were good. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, they look good. I think they might go away and get a result against Everton. And then, yeah, second half, they just, like, collapsed in a heap. It It just was a bit... I just was... I was surprised. I mean, maybe I shouldn't underestimate how flaky Chelsea are or perhaps that they're prioritising the Europa League because they see it as as an easier route to the top four... uh, Sorry, to the Champions League rather than the top four. But, uh, yeah, it just surprised me a bit. Can I ask you how... How do you think... I, as an Everton fan, and Everton fans are men of feel about Ross Barkley. Oh, I... Because oh, uh. he got... Let's, let's, let's just say... I mean, he got... He got some treatment when he went off. That is a fact, yeah. yeah. He, he got some treatment. They threw something at him. Um, I and think they got the prob- booed all I, game. I, I Massive the, booze as the well. The thing that I think is the problem with what he did, which I've said on here before, is that he was going to leave for 30-odd million, <clears> got <throat> injured, didn't leave, got paid by Everton for six months got healthy, and then left for half the price. So basically he's just taken 20 million out of the club just by sitting about, and and that would piss me off as a fan, because you're like, if you know you're going, just go. Yeah, and whether he did that by design or not, or whether agents were responsible for that, that he did not help himself. Like That is just a bad, bad way to leave a club. So then, okay, look, I agree with you, and I've I've sat here and I've, I've relished his failure... For the last however, for the last yeah. two years on the shed, I did a big expose about this whole thing when it first started a few years ago on the shed. Because yeah. I was like, "This is a disgrace." Remember, the mayor of Liverpool was about yeah. to try, take, and sue. try to sue him, you yeah. know. Um, but then there's something about him coming back to Goodison Park and playing a game, and you know, it it it's just feels strange because because he was part of the furniture and he still is. Mm. You know, when you when you walk around the the uh, Finch Farm training ground, there's there's pictures up of, of all of the youth teams that have won cup competitions. And Ross Barkley's in those pictures. Yeah. You know, what Ross Barkley's picture is still up outside Goodison Park because there's a there's a history thing, you know, in each year how yeah. the club has progressed. And there's like 50 flags and the flags have different teams on them. There's one with Lukaku, there's one with Barkley. Yeah. De up there. Yeah. You think, well, you know, this is someone who was part of the DNA of this club for 15-odd years? Maybe just yeah. slightly less than that because it was such... He was at youth level. He was um, rehabbed back when he broke his leg. But I think it's because there was hope that he was going to do something special at Everton. I think it also came around a time when you got a lot of money into the club. So really, there isn't any need for him to go. And he's gone to a Chelsea who are a bit better than Everton um, and more likely to win things. But it's not like he's the main man. It's not like when Rooney went to Man United, it upset Everton fans but you knew that he was going to a club to win things and be the main man and going to play in the Champions League and win Champions Leagues Ross Barkley's just gone up a little bit where if he had stayed still 
and maybe Everton in two or three years' time are going to be Chelsea are a bit of a mess at the moment. No one knows what's happening with Abramovich. There's not. It's not surprising if Everton and Chelsea are probably on an even keel in three or four years' time. And Ross Barkley could be part of that, but now he's just going to be part of the Chelsea bit. And so I think, as an Everton fan, I think it would that would piss me off. But he stagnated at Everton though as well. I think yeah. it wasn't necessarily just about going up. I kind of he wasn't necessarily playing for Everton at the point when he went to Chelsea. Like he'd really, he'd really flatlined in terms of his career. And I, I, I mean, I, I want to see him do well because he has got talent and he's the kind of player that England have historically found it very hard to produce. Um, but I've got a real fear with Barkley that he's never really going to reach his potential. Like, he'll have a no. decent career, but he's not... He's, he's the same player now as level. he was when he's 17. Yeah, that's he's, when that's we were excited yeah, about He's yeah. no different. It's exactly what I mean. And yeah. Watching him play good as a buck, he's the same player that left. Yeah. So he's gone for development, he's gone to improve himself, and he is the same human being that plays he's football. Is that attitude? Way. Is that coaching? Is it that he's not as good as we thought he was when he first came on the scene? Is it a bit of I, everything? A bit or? of everything. I mean, people peak at different times. Rooney was the best player in the world at 19 years old. He never got better than that. You just peak at different times. That's true. So some people improve at different levels. Um, but Although you say that about Rooney, but we forget how good Rooney has been and for how long. Yes. Like how many goals he scored for Man United, how many goals he scored for England. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't... I mean, I agree at that European Championship when he burst onto the scene, he was incredible. But I, I kind of feel like we undersell Rooney a bit. Oh, definitely. Like but I just, I do think players peak at different times mm. in their career. Um, but obviously, Calvert Lewin hasn't hasn't quite reached really his yet. Um, what mm. I found your Hazard and Robin comparison interesting, just as a um, Robin's obviously had a great career, yeah. brilliant career, um, and you know, been very successful. No, he's got one trick that's worked for twenty years, and he's really good. Yeah. But I. I would say that Hazard is a better player than Robin. Yeah, has, miles better. Um, and, but maybe less effective. What? Yeah, won't achieve as much because he just perhaps doesn't care. I mean, I'll be really if he goes to Madrid, I will be really interested. Which I think we all yeah. agree is probably going to happen. Um, I'll be interested to see if going to a club like Madrid, he then goes to that next level and becomes a real superstar, because we all think he could, or whether he just stays at his... I mean, to be fair, he essentially won the league for Chelsea. Yeah. I know Kante got player yeah, of the year, but um, Hazard was amazing. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think he's got the ability to go to the next level. I think he can go really, really high. His only problem, and... It is also a positive. He's just so chilled out. He doesn't really care. Like he just enjoys playing football. Let me play football. I enjoy it, and he'll turn up. If he's surrounded by better players, he'll be even better. But he won't change. I don't think he'll get better. He'll just have better players around. He him. had a brilliant World Cup as well. We should yeah. say, like the World Cup just gone. I mean, that was why we were so excited about him coming back to the Premier yeah. League. Um, yeah, I, I agree, John. It'd be interesting to see. Let's move on to uh, Liverpool because we just spent 20 minutes on Everton. That means you're <laughs> off the running order for the next four weeks. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's cross the Mersey. Um, Liverpool beat Fulham um, just. Um, Big two, win, though. Huge win. Particularly um, when Fulham got their equaliser and you know that stage in the game. And Van Dijk had a bit of a... Bit of an error. I don't know, is it Van Dijk error, goalkeeper error? I think it was Milner, Van Dijk and Alisson. All of them just all fucked of up. Them, all of them fucked it up a little bit yeah. and that was enough for it to be a design. Uh, mainly Alisson. Yeah. Keeper has to do better in that. I mean, that whether you take the ball and the man 
or you take the ball, you don't let the ball through. Yeah. I feel sorry for Babel in this conversation yeah. because, okay, so three of them slightly fucked it up, but if Babel... He capitalised on it. Well, yeah, if Babel wasn't a, being a little buzzard right right yeah. in the place he wanted to be, they, you know, they only slightly fucked it up. All three of them yeah. slightly fucked it up. And he was there. Yeah. And Babel did perfectly. Did you see his comment after the game? No. He, um, tongue-in-cheek, when he was being interviewed after the game... He said that I'd, he'd recognised that it was a weakness of uh, Virgil van Dijk's <laughs> under the high ball like that. And so he was yeah. waiting to prey on his weakness. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. No, I do love Barbel. He's really funny. Yeah. You know, credit to him. He was That's not just right place at the right time. He, he engineered those that's to make the yeah. most of that error. But I, I think that was a big result for Liverpool, primarily because they were comfortable at 1-0, didn't get the second goal, conceded fairly late in the game. And still found a way to win it. And Milner, like, if, if you want anyone in that scenario to take a penalty, you want James Milner. Like, yeah. he's just straight down the middle, cold as ice, doesn't matter, I'll just score, don't worry about it. I think especially because he felt he owed him one as well, because he, in the you know interviews after the game, he's essentially stuck his hand up and said it was his fault, because it was his slice. Yeah, his that, slice. That win. put Van Dyke under pressure. Um but yeah, I think that was a was a big result for Liverpool. Uh, do you think right now, because Mane is the star man for Liverpool right now, would you say Mane is a better player than Salah right now? No, you forget. So in this, this sorry, not just saying. Yeah. No, John, you no, forget. No. That's the end of my point. Yeah. No, um, I think that we look at goals, we count goals. How many have you scored? Not many. Or many. Great, you're better or worse. But Salah's contribution to the team has been excellent, and he has got however many assists during this period of, of a dry spell. Salah is still on eighteen goals this season, and he's on and, seventeen, and Mane is now on seventeen as well. That, so how can we be saying that Salah's shit and Mane's good? They both play not, in the no, same type saying, of position. I'm not saying Salah's uh, shit. I'm saying that I think Mane is a more important player for Liverpool. Right I think now. perhaps Mane is in form. Mm. in better form right now although Salah's been very good but the other thing I would say about Mane that I think we touched on it a couple of weeks ago he's a big game player yeah. and he has been for a while he's been in their big European games uh, with, um, big result for Liverpool against Bayern Munich yeah. um, Mane scored a goal obviously but I, yeah I, I think that he and that goal was amazing by the way yeah that goal was pass amazing. from Van Dijk yeah. the way that the awareness of Mane to realise that Neuer was there like so many players would just not even yeah, know panic but then, and then to go round him so calm. I thought all Liverpool's, and but Salah's assist for Mane's second yeah. outside of the foot was oh, that was, was also. That's what I mean. The, the rhetoric just doesn't make sense. So one person's got to, got to tee up, one person's got to score, and I think just because they've swapped, so be it. But I think it's always going to happen when you have a season, the season before, like Salah had last year. Yeah, because that was a like a freak season. And I just, you're always going to then be compared against it. So all this whole year, everyone, like like we said, he scored 17 goals. <laughs> how many? I don't know how many assists he's got. But it's probably a lot. Um, but everyone's saying, "Oh no, shit! He's not. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. lost it this year." But no, he does take penalties, though, doesn't he, Salah? No, no, James Milner. Oh, so they've both got 17 goals from, from midfield open from open play. Uh, yeah. Salah takes penalties if Milner's not playing. Okay. He has got a few pens this year. Yeah. But um, I'm not saying that Mane is better than Salah generally as such, but I think he's more important player to Liverpool. Liverpool have got eight games left, seven games left. They're top of the league. I think they can rely on Mane more in the next seven games to perform for them than Salah. Like I think right for these next seven games, 
Mane's going to be the person that gets them out of sticky situations rather than Salah. But maybe that is also because Salah's got two blokes on him because they see Salah as the main threat and yeah. Mane has that little bit more space to get those opportunities. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a perfectly balanced football side, that Liverpool team. Uh, and I say it because, because we can have this debate where we can look at a player like Salah who would be in any other team yeah. apart from maybe Manchester City and there's no way that this conversation would be happening, especially if he's on 17 goals. Yeah. The fact that Liverpool can have players in and out of form and balance their success, it's such a good unit. Yeah, no, Are they going to win the league? Yeah, I've got them predicted. Can they win the league and the Champions League? No, they're not going to win the league. So the, that result against Bayern Munich away was massive. Yeah. Right? I, I thought that was a really like big balls away yeah. Champions League performance. It was a huge and win. They were clinical. Van Dijk was amazing at the you, back. You've like, said big balls a lot have recently. I? Like in the last few weeks you've used the term big balls a lot. Are you alright? Yeah, I feel alright. Yeah. You got massive balls at the moment? <laughs> no, no, I, just, uh, I, I don't know. I just you know that was a uh, um, it was a big ball big performance. Ball performance. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of another way to describe it now. You put me on the spot. But I, yeah, oh, like, just, recently there's been a change in your balls. Um, <laughs> much, well, that would be worrying. Much bigger. Uh, but yeah, I I just thought that Van Dyke in particular, Mane standing up in the in the in the big moments, but Van Dyke just Liverpool play Porto in the next round. Yeah, so they're in the semi final. No, you can't say can't that. Can't take it for granted, but one foot in the same yeah. perhaps, yeah. Um, and then if they get through that, they play Man United or Barcelona. Just to put this in perspective as well, Bayern Munich, although they've dropped off a bit last this year, and although they're still top of the Bundesliga, I think, maybe Dortmund leapfrog them at the weekend, but they've only lost one of 26 Champions League games on home soil. Wow. And it's the first time in 13 years, no German club in the quarterfinal. Yes. Brilliant. They got relegated from the Nations League. Yeah, I know, it's all going this well. Is so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leicester managed to win at the weekend. Wow. With 10 men. Um, Maguire was sent off in the third or fourth minute. Um, he had to go. Like, there was no really other way around it. Um, are Burnley awful because they didn't win? Or were Leicester brilliant because they managed to win with 10 men? Well, I think it's, it's a bit of a perfect storm scenario because... We all know how Burnley play, mm. and Burnley don't really like to be the ones to take the game on. Yeah, because it doesn't doesn't just doesn't fit with the mm. way they play, you know. And so they've got to <clears throat> their onus is on them to come out and be more expansive, which they're not comfortable with, unless they like playing on the counter attack. So, I mean, it kind of perfect, kind of perfect storm, yeah. And um, but did you see the guy that scored Burnley's goal, McNeil? Yeah, he's been good. Yeah, he trained with the England first team today. Oh, wow. So yeah. he's... Uh, How does in, that happen? Like He just gets invited to they train? Have, cause you have the, cause they have the big training complex. St. George's Park. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <Where they laughs> St. George's Park. Um, and all the squads meet there at the start. And then anyone who's new in the under-21s, under-20s and 90s, they try and get them involved with the first team. Just to kind of make them feel comfortable and get Is this them a new thing that Gareth? Gareth started doing I, it. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, really, I really like it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyone who's new in those squads gets put in like the first six-a-side game or whatever and stuff, and it's just a bit of a fun first day. But it means they get to mix with the whole first team and get to know who they are. And he turned up today, and they're all like, "This guy's really good. He's really good." And, yeah, it, I think um, 
Go back to that Leicester game. You're absolutely right. It's perfect storm. Leicester like to counter-attack. Burnley don't like having the ball. If you're going to go down to 10 men against anyone with the whole game to play, Burnley don't have uh, a secondary strategy to to keep the ball. It doesn't, no. doesn't exist with, with Burnley. And when you play against 10 men, it's not as easy as it sounds. You, you, you're constantly thinking that you should have an advantage and you're constantly annoyed with yourself if, you, if you're not making the most of it. And that in itself plays on the mind. As soon as, you, as, soon as your opponent goes out to 10 men, you're like, we got this, we got this, we got this. And, and every minute you don't have this, you're fucked off. And, and that in itself is, it is different to going, yeah. come on, lads, let's, let's root together, we can do this, which is exactly what was going on with Leicester. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hate, absolutely hate seeing Brendan Rodgers look so smug. In the <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so willing him to get the sack. Is, is this because really well. of his Liverpool history or what? So you just don't like him? He's just, he is like a human gold watch wearing Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. He's that kind of sleazeball. Cut yeah. from the same cloth as parts. Oh, he, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like he was a uh, conjoined twin with <laughs> Allardyce. Yeah. And, and they, He's oh. an arrogant sleazeball who just lies a lot and bigs up the truth. Does he? And, yeah, he's a bit of a bullshitter. Oh, and I don't know. If, uh... he, he, you know. He talks, like, over the next season or so, watch him talk about Leicester. And it, after a while, really great. Um, always post-match things he's like oh we're bloody brilliant we did this and then you're like actually that didn't happen did it yeah. no I don't mind that like maybe you know we don't say that about Klopp well yeah you have you've accused Klopp of being a fraud <laughs> but I think, for the record Rog pointed at John there <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, he's got that he's got a bit of charisma and he, I agree he does try and you know put, Embellish a, a, bit. put a spin on it the other the person I want to talk about this game is Madison what a free kick <clears throat> so but we've been impressed with Madison all year, right? Yeah. Perhaps not so much in the second half of the year. Um, Jeff's one to watch. But the thing that really impressed me in this game, the England squad's obviously just been released and Madison wasn't named in the mm. squad. And he was asked the question on why he didn't include Madison. And his answer was that because at the moment England don't play a traditional number 10, yeah. um, which he sees Madison as. Now, in this game with the sending off, Madison went out and played on the left-hand side and played really well, mm. cutting in from the left-hand side. And yeah. I whether, wonder whether part of that was a bit of a, you know... I can do I this. I can do this, yeah. you know. And, I, and, it, and if it was, then I he goes up in my estimations more because he hasn't just gone and had a sulk. He's gone, well, I'm going to show, you know, the England yeah. manager that I can... I, I think, like, I think he's got a future for England. Um, I think also because he's played for the under twenty ones regularly, and they've got a tournament in the summer. It makes sense for him to stay for the under twenty ones and actually play in that tournament. And to go for one game or two games, whatever in the qualifiers, and then go back is a bit silly. Um, but I think he's got the ability to be really, really good. I agree. Look at it now. So he was bought from Norwich for twenty million. Mm. Which is how, a, that's, how much a, is he, that's a big thing around your neck as well. Like twenty million isn't yeah. small money. Like, I know yeah, you can get a Jake Tosson for twenty million. <laughs> like, no, I think for twenty-eight million. I think as an Englishman coming from the Championship to the Premier League, if someone spent twenty million, there are eyes on you. Like, I, so I, what's he worth now? He'd go for fifty easy, wouldn't he? I agree. Yeah, he'd be, if you say he went to Man United, that's a lot of money. He, he, Man United would have to pay 50, 60 million for him because he's. 
English, he's young, he's creative, he's fast, he can take a free kick. Like he's got everything. And he, could, he could get better. Yeah. If 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 Sigerson goes for forty five million at his age, there is no reason why James Madison doesn't go for the same amount. Yeah, money. I'd agree with that. And and, and that's the thing. So in nine months from when he was uh, taking a punt on this kid in the championship to what he is now, like credit to him for what he's done. It it's almost goes under the radar how influential he's been at Leicester. And also, he he's, this is his first season, came from the championship, came from, not to say came from nowhere, but not a lot of people pre-season knew about this kid. Yeah. And now he is a mainstay, scoring free kicks like he did on the weekend. Um, last couple of Premier League games. Uh, West Ham won 4-3 against Huddersfield. Weird game, bonkers. Like Aaron Moy was good. Well, yeah, yeah. But West West Ham are weird, aren't they? They're, they're just crap. <laughs> they're, like they're a bit crap. Huddersfield are really shit and scored three goals away from home and still managed to lose. But West Ham, I don't really know what they do. They're just a mess. No, we talked about it last week with um, these teams in the Everton Cup and you know an identity or you yeah. know what you're hoping for as as a fan. And yeah, West Ham are well and truly in that box. I have no but idea then, what to expect from them. Just to contradict myself and said it, they're ninth in the league on 42 points. Two points off seventh. At the start of the season, what is the best West Ham could have got? You're talking seventh. pre-season or after they lost their first five games? Pre-season. I still think the best they could have hoped for seventh. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think if you would have asked any West Ham fan what they wanted from the year, what would be a good year for them, they would have said... Finishing seventh and playing football the West Ham way, or, you know, like play, play, playing good football to what? That's, I think that's what they want. I, 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 dis- I disagree. I don't even think hopes were that high. I, I think okay. if you if you go back to back to they June July, you go, well, what would you want for this year? Okay, well, I, all I want is not, to not have a fan revolt and a pitch invasion and any players to get punched by any supporters and no one to throw coins at the owners. Can we just have a bit of stability, please? Yeah. Can we have our stadium not feel like a like a empty U two concert? Yeah. Like all you all they wanted was to be moving in the right direction again. So I actually think that what they've done this year is. Though inconsistent, frustrating to watch. <laughs> um, okay, it's it it will do. Yeah. Is, is, that, like, is that bad to say? Well, and it's not unexpected. It's not. Well, I mean, they're doing better than expected. I've got to say, on this game, um, uh, Nazari when he came on yeah. changed it. Nazari's really good. He's really good, but he's massively unfit. Like, don't make him run. But give him the ball and let him do stuff with but it. He had a year out of football, didn't he? Or eighteen months right. out of football, yeah. whatever he was. He he just changed the game. His composure, his vision, the his awareness. Of, sorry, I've just used buzzwords. Yeah. He like he had t- when he had the ball, he had time and he put it where he wanted it to go. He knew where his teammates were when he was in tight positions. He could beat a man, and without looking up, he knew he had the awareness to go know that Hernandez was on the far post, completely open. And, and that was made by Nazari, but then the diving header by Hernandez was excellent. But and I mean, and was it like, was. I think West Ham was still pretty shit, but they just brought on a player who is brilliant in the box, at, and he had two chances and he scored two goals. There's 52 goals now. He's chasing Timmy Cahill's record. All in the box. All in the box. 52 goals. I did enjoy Nazari's cross to Chicharito just because that's. Man United against Arsenal in 2009. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ten years ago, yeah. What's this girl? But yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to make of West Ham. When I, I saw it and I was like, well, yeah, that's very West Ham result. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention on the Premier League is Newcastle drew two all with Bournemouth, but Matt Ritchie's goal in the 94th minute was one of the best volleys I've ever seen. 
It was such a the moment game. of the game, great comeback, and that's one of the most difficult skills. Yeah. Uh, you know, balls, half volley, especially so high like that as well. Yeah. Um, and then against his former team as well, and against his former team, and he celebrated. Like I hate all it when like like Barbell didn't celebrate against Liverpool. He's like, oh, can't celebrate. Yeah, no you played time for, for Liverpool that. fifteen years ago, mm. and you were crap. Like it's not like you were a star, or whatever. So good on him. Um, in the FA Cup, Man United lost to Wolves. What what do you think about that, John? And Man United were a bit rubbish too. Um, it's really underwhelming to be honest. Like it was, we were crap, and we didn't put up a fight to win it. Um, as Wolves were excellent and just outplayed us. They were better tactically, smarter, worked harder, cared about it more, wanted it more, and we didn't know what to do. Should we be surprised? Like, Wolves have played very well against the the big teams this year. I, 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 I wouldn't You're be surprised right. by Wolves. I'm concerned from a Solskjaer perspective of... Not he's getting found out because he's lost two games in a row, but... Maybe there's that realisation that he's not tactically aware as everyone thinks he is. Maybe he's not the person that everyone's thinking he is. And I've kind of been hesitant about going, we should give him the job, give him the job. And people are saying, give him the job now. I still believe that he's not the right person for the next five years, so they shouldn't give him the job. But is it Solskjaer or is it just... I don't think Man United are a brilliant football team at the moment. I think he's had them... No. Perhaps you've been almost playing above yourself since Solskjaer came in. There's been this release, this release of all the tension and pressure for Mourinho and you rode that wave for a bit. But I think it's been more than that. I think Solskjaer and the coaching team of, um, you know, like for instance, the, the comeback against PSG and, and what have you. Like it's... They've brought it's, a bit of a di- identity back to it, Man United. Yeah, it's ended up being a great season, but I hear what you're saying. You're worried that that only goes so far, and yeah. then... And I can go? see Man United finishing fifth, getting knocked out of the Champions League by Barcelona, and obviously out of the FA Cup. And that is that a massive improvement on what Mourinho was doing? No, Mourinho finished second. Um, and is... That. You enjoyed it more though. Oh yeah, way more enjoyable. The journey, John. Let's talk about the journey. <laughs> but yeah, but if a club like Man United needs to be in Champions League, and next year the job description for the Man United manager is make you a challenger for the title, guarantee Champions League is a minimum, challenge for all the cups. That's your job description. Is Solskjaer the person to do that job over the next three, four years? Not in my opinion. I tell you, you're fucked. <laughs> and, 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 you, and you're fucked because he's done so well like he's a caretaker manager who's yeah. done so well that there is nothing there will be nothing but division when you know the the, the fair weather fans will have watched the PSG game and got given the job the the fans who want to pull him apart for his tactical tactical inadequacies are going to watch the game against Wolves and go actually he didn't he didn't make changes quick enough and I don't mean changes by substitutions I mean he didn't tactical. change his strategy quick yeah. enough to react to Wolves you know, keeping the ball when they didn't keep the ball, they they hustled, they counterattacked. Well, Wolves were the better side, and United didn't react. So, so you're gonna, you're screwed because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And we can't hire Zidane now, so Pochettino's the only other option really. But Spurs are fucked too. So Pochettino's in the bag, I reckon, if you want him. Are um sorry, <laughs> are Wolves the best promoted team that we've seen in the Premier League? At Prob- least for a long time. For a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say ever, but I, I don't know. For a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and in reality, they next year they could really, if they sign, say they sign three, 
world class players, three fifty million pound players, which they've got the money to do. That they've got a goalie that's you would say is pushing world class. They've got a couple of players that you would say are pushing. If they buy three players that are kind of in that spine of the team that make them that little bit better, they could push top four for sure because yeah. they've got everything there. The coach is good. They've had a season in the Premier League. The only thing is second season syndrome, whether they find it hard in the second season where they relax a little bit and go, oh, we've got this. I really rate the coach. Like, I yeah. think he's made, you know, sign of a good good coach, he's made a lot of their lesser lights better players. Like, you know, you look at them defensively and he's got some of these guys, like um, Cody's one that springs yeah. to mind, play, playing brilliant Doherty football. and Bobby. Yeah, Do- and- like, Doherty was, again, you say about it with Madison, like, you know, Doherty wasn't like he was a solid championship player last year. Like yeah. he was good, but he wasn't a world. <laughs> no one's going. Oh, let's buy him for twenty million. Yeah, and then he's you know this season he has been brilliant. Yeah, um, um, are they the best? I don't know. They're really good. Will they have a second season? I don't think so because they've got such a network behind them. John, I think you're right, and it helps when you have Jao Matinho in the middle of the park. He's yeah. got a hundred caps for Portugal, like you. But then he's a year older next year, so I think they've probably got to replace him. He's still only thirty-two. Still five years old. Thirty-two. Yeah, he's been knocking about. But for he's years. never been a runner, though. Like, I... well, that, that means he's going to play for longer, doesn't it? Maybe, yeah. Because if you haven't had, he's a quarterback. He's yeah. class. Yeah, yeah, like him and Neves together. Like, you know, yeah. they're going to. Um, have Man City now won the FA Cup? Is it all over? I think like, so. With Watford play Wolves in the next round, and then Man City play Brighton. Man City have won it, haven't they? It's just game over. Um, probably. Yeah. Um, Sorry. The, yeah, quad, no, no. the quadruple is on. The last bit on the FA Cup, Rod, you wanted to men- mention Daniel James? Oh, well, used... just, I mean, Man City didn't have it all their own way in this game. They they found a way to win late, obviously, but... Um, with a dodgy VAR with goal the dodge, in a stadium with, that uh, didn't have VAR. I mean, I liked it that Pep came out and said he didn't like winning with a goal that wasn't a goal. Yeah. But I, it was still, they still won. It's much easier to say that when you've still won yeah. the game. Um, but no, I just wanted to touch on Daniel James. I brought him up a few weeks ago. There was the debacle when he was going to go to Leeds for only ten million. Ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And then um, suddenly Swansea realised that they might not be doing very well out of this deal. And then you watch him in a game like this, and you're like, "Well, yeah, they were, <laughs> yeah. They were getting screwed over because he's he skinned Otamendi, and I know." Otamendi isn't a brilliant defender, but he's, he he's still City, he's though, still an yeah. international, and he plays for Man City. And James had him on toast; like he is so quick. And I I think we will see him in the Premier League next year. Yeah. Nice. Do you think he's due a big balls performance? <laughs> <laughs> Talking of big balls, let's go to the Championship. Um, in the Championship, uh, Leeds lost to Sheffield United one 0 in the big game on the Saturday morning. Does that mean Leeds' hopes of getting automatic promotions over? No, but that's a big result. I, I mean, I, I thought Leeds would win that. Um, it's away from home. I, I think what it probably says is that Norwich are going to be one of the two automatically yeah, promoted like teams. Up, aren't they? Yeah. So, um, and in the playoffs, you've got between fifth and eleventh: Villa, Preston, Borough, Derby, Bristol City, Sheffield Wednesday, Nottingham Forest. Four points between them. Wow. So that's ridiculous. Villa have found some form though. I mean, and I... There's always with the um, championship and the playoffs, it's often that team that comes into the playoffs late 
and has a run of form that then goes on and, and ends up mm. coming up rather than the teams that have been up there for the season. Look at Huddersfield, it's exactly the same yeah. story yeah. with Huddersfield. So I've got a feeling that Villa might uh, might find a way to sneak well, in. Well, Preston have suddenly gone on a bit of a run as well and they've yeah. come out of nowhere. Their manager's Alex Neal, who got promoted with Norwich last time they went up. He's a bit um, of a dour Scott. He's a dour Scott, but he's a bold man, so I like him. <laughs> So, a true bald or a fake bald? A true bald. A true bald. Like yes. he's got no choice. He's got no choice. Yeah. Okay. He's, wow. He's in our credit, club, Jeff. Credit to him. You're in my club officially now. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> my membership's in the post, but it's going to arrive soon. I think it's only six hundred bucks a year. It's a bargain. <laughs> um, let's move over to America, just because we've mentioned Wayne Rooney already tonight. He scored a hat trick. Yeah. DC United are on seven points. That's two wins and a draw for those who need to do the maths out of three games. Top of the. <laughs> Eastern Conference and his hat trick was excellent. So where did they 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 got him from Everton, Rog? <laughs> no, no. They, where did they finish last year? They went on a when Rooney went there. They went on, they were nowhere. Went in a big run. Bomb. Yeah. Got, got to finals. Got to the finals. Yeah. Lost, but did okay. Did they okay. lost on penalties in the finals. I can't remember now. I can't. I can't remember. Um, but they they were nowhere. Rooney signed. Everything changed. And you remember there was a few inspirational moments that yeah. season where he where he really stole the show. Um, he scored in his first game, I think, for DC this year, first game of the season, and then scored a hat trick in in this weekend's game. I mean, look, Rooney's excellent. So you said we yeah. underrate him. He's excellent, and in the MLS, he will still be excellent. And I think he's really enjoying it. Like if you watch him, he's just having a great time, and he's just like, there's no media scrutiny, there's no kind of everyone going, "What are you doing, Wayne Rooney?" And he got done for being drunk on a plane. And it's not a front news, not yeah. a page news story. It's just like, oh, I can just be hung over. And, and get I over wonder it. if he. I mean, I, I would rather do what Rooney's doing, and you know, be a superstar over there, than he could probably still be playing in the Premier League for a mid-table club, and you know, getting some games. But and everyone's scrutinising like, what he does. Yeah. Everyone's scrutinising what he does, and kind of, you know, you'd feel like that's your career fizzling out a bit. Yeah. Whereas I think if he goes to the States and he smashes it... And he can then, just stand up front. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I think it's great. Can I tell you a little bit more detail about the story of him getting arrested for being drunk? Yeah. So, do you know about it? He flew to Saudi Arabia for the day? Right, yeah. So he flew to Saudi Arabia for the day. Why on, would he... It was like a promotional thing or something. Right. Like, I think he was on the flight on the way back. Didn't he have some sleeping... Sorry, no, so he he drunk a little bit on the on the air on the airplane. I mean, this is I'm I'm doing this from memory, so I'm yeah. sorry if anyone wants to email it or yeah. fact, get check, yeah. fact check me, then fact check away. But he drank a bit on the airplane. He was watching the Man United game, and he was shouting at the Man United game because Man United, who was when Marino yeah. was at United, and Man United would work shouting at, and he's also shouting and screaming at the United game in a Scouse accent. So when he arrived, they just thought he was a complete drunken, and and asked him, and he'd, he'd been drinking, obviously, yeah. but no, to no excess. Yeah, it wasn't. It's like just it. if you add being angry at Man United and being a scouse to being drunk in Washington DC, you know, you just yeah. throw him in, throw him in the cell. And just don't know what to yeah, do with outrageous. Him. Yeah. <laughs> How's Latan going? He's doing right. He scored once or twice this season. Apparently, he's going to break all the scoring records this year. Who told you that? Zlatan. Zlatan, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But also in the MLS, um, it's Frank DeBoer, isn't it? I can never remember. It is Frank DeBoer, the manager of Frank DeBoer, who was fired by Crystal Palace after 77 days. Seven games, seven losses. And I think 
survived an even shorter amount of time at Inter Milan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and did okay at Ajax before that. But he's manager of Atlanta City or Atlanta United. Oh, yeah, Atlanta United, yeah. Who um, won the league? They won the whole championship last year in their second season of existence. Tito Martina? Yes. H- highest ever average attendance, shining light for the league. Amazing. They lost their star player, Almiron, to Newcastle. Um, but they've signed another guy who's meant to be good just kind of come in to replace him. De Boer's the coach. They've played three, won none, drawn two, one loss, scored one goal, and they uh, drew at the weekend with Philadelphia, who were the worst team oh. in the league <laughs> and finished bottom for the last like four years. And he's ruined it again already. Can I just say, those who listen Great. to this podcast regularly, when Frank de Boer signed for Atlanta United, we put a disclaimer on this. If you don't know who Frank de Boer is, watch out. You will enjoy the ride but because what were this they is thinking? that bad. Like, why would they? Just because he's a, he's a big name and he was a good footballer for you know Holland yeah. a long time ago. He's still and he had one good stint at Ajax. Yeah, that was it. Um, has anyone got any uh, side stories? No, no, you stole mine about New- about Newcastle being the same as they were last year. So we can talk about it again if you want. Newcastle were the same as they were last so, year. Amazing, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> what is it? Is it consistency? A big ball Some performance? Rapid. Yeah. Um, Roger, is anything you wanted to bring up? No. Uh, well, I've got one. Uh, Paul Scholes has left Oldham. Oh, yeah. yeah, tell me about that. Why? So Why? after 31 days, he texts the owner. So just, just to text. Oh, he did it by text message. That's a bit weird. Yeah, I'm not coming back. I've decided to quit. The reason, he was potentially going to get the sack, though, wasn't he? Well, no. So the reason was, so Skulls took the job, and obviously he's a lifelong Oldham fan, um, and so he cared about the club, and the club's being owned by this guy who's a bit of an idiot. Um, and he was promised a bunch of things, and then he got there and just found they weren't true. Um, and the players were washing their own kit, and the players were... Like, there wasn't buses ordered for them to get from games to game and stuff, and it was just like... like proper non-league type stuff in the league and Paul Scholes just went no I can't deal with this and left and so, they haven't been going very well either like, no they haven't, been going well. haven't been great and they're struggling to pay players and stuff so I think he was just promised loads and not the classiest thing into the world to do to go oh I'll just text you so that I don't have to come back to work again but he's got enough money so he's like fuck it I don't need it on my CV He's, he's, and Solskjaer has got him straight in Solskjaer called him the day after and was like oh do you want to uh, come to Manchester and have a little chat about <laughs> stuff and things do, do you know so um, recently I've been quite um, impressed or not impressed just just I've enjoyed the fact that Newcastle it's the name is uh, it's like a new castle right <laughs> it's good like, you've, yes. like you've got a new castle like where are we going with this yeah. well it, it strikes me when we're talking about Oldham <laughs> like old a, like an old <laughs> that one is better. Yeah, oh, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, yeah old ham. Wow. Um, one other side story. Um, Lionel Messi scored oh, one of yes. the best free kicks, well, best hat tricks of all time. And his third goal, the chip, is possibly one of the best things I've ever seen. I watched the chip a few times because a little bit of me wanted it to be an overhit cross. It's yeah. not. Like you know, you know it's when you not. watch them, you're like, oh, he's fluked this. But you watch it, and you're like, he's he, he yeah. meant that all the way. Even the goalie and smiled a bit and was just like, everyone. Wow. Like, like, he's not even off his line. Yeah. Like, opposing like, players had their hands on their heads. The, the crowd gave him a standing ovation. Yeah. Like, that was like, the best bit. I yeah. thought the crowd. Just, they chanted his name and everything. Yeah, I just thought like, that was incredible. But the, I mean, the to be able, even just to be able to have that thought process when the keeper is barely off his line. And you're only 30 yards from goal. Well, I just, like, 
it, like it blew my mind, and and I really liked it because last week we talked about Messi Ronaldo comparison, and I said. I, I put Ronaldo ahead because he's done better in the big games and it's like Messi's just giving me a little fuck you and just scored one of the best hat-tricks of all time Although it if, it makes, game. if it makes you feel any better he probably doesn't care who you are no, <laughs> uh, but he wasn't I, yeah, thinking it about was, your big balls it was, he was it. it was a, uh, an exceptional hat-trick it was very very good um, Jeff have you got a song for end feature yeah uh, I think for next season yeah. I'm going to have to tune this guitar oh it's controversial because it is just it's seen better days or maybe we'll record something it's not living it's best what life what about a new jingle we can record a whole jingle Jeff because oh. that would be what would be difficult is if you're trying to if you are trying to play the same tune with a properly tuned guitar it'd be weird but if you just come up with a new tune then we wouldn't notice you're a genius yeah. that's yeah. why I pay you the big bucks that's big right. balls <laughs> Tune it. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, last week's end feature, uh, Roger and I bet on the same thing. Watford and Man United. Let's win. never do that again, please. Can no. we, if we, that happens, can we just change our bet? Well, that was awful. So we both lost. And Jeff, you bet on Everton Chelsea draw, which who knew? Who knew? No, Everton were going to win, so should have gone for the win. But that means we all lost. But we are still up on the season because we're uh, doing all right. What have we got for this week, Jeff? Okay, this is it. Oh. This is like what? How many games we got to go? Seven games to go. Yep. I think that this is when this is when it shines. Are you making your move? Making my move. Right. I think that <laughs> San Marino. Oh are no. Are going to beat Cyprus. What's that paying? Seventy six dollars. So my ten dollars will pay me seven hundred and sixty dollars. Now let me talk to you the logic, right? Cyprus are shit. <laughs> San Marino are shit. $76? San Marino are, I think, about the third worst team in the world. I think the three of us could play for San Marino. Yeah, but Cyprus. Cyprus aren't that bad. No, there's a lot of people in Cyprus. Oh, yeah. come on. It's a big island. No. Yeah, no. $76. They've got a chance. The only reason I give this any credit whatsoever <laughs> is that I, want I watched... England play San Marino and San Marino scored the fastest goal in international footballing history against England and we had to beat them by seven clear yeah. goals to qualify for the World Cup so it could happen I just think that there's something about the San Marino team at the moment they've got attacking full backs <laughs> <laughs> that is a real Hail Mary anyway well I really really hope that comes in. That would put you in first place, would it? Told you. Oh, you, I'd love what, it if it did. Do you know what time the Cyprus San Marino game is? No, so I can, so I'll, I can watch it. Yeah, I'll look <laughs> it up. I'm going to watch it all live. Um, Rog, what have you gone for? Well, I didn't like anything this week. Uh, no. So I haven't put a huge amount of thought into it, and I've just gone uh, with a running theme uh, and my heart rather than my head. I've gone England to win in Montenegro and over one and a half goals. And I've gone Holland to beat Germany. Ooh. And it's one. paying $5.25. $5.25. Um, Holland aren't going to beat Germany. They're at home. Oh. No, they won't. Well, Holland are a bit better now, aren't they? Mm. Very flat in Holland. <laughs> Very flat. <laughs> I've gone for England to win, but not against uh, Montenegro, against Czech Republic on Saturday morning at minus one. And Belgium to beat... I can't remember who they're playing. I haven't got it written down. 
Um, but over two and a half goals as well in that game, and that's paying three dollars ninety-two. Oh, that's not paying a lot, John. So, well, no, it's, what am I thinking? John was, is coming to the end of the season, so I should be solid and make sure I win. <laughs> I did the opposite as you, Jeff, and went. Who went for big bucks? Seventy-six dollars. It, it is on the twenty-second of March at four a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Belgium playing Russia. Um, what did you say? Sorry. At on the twenty-second of March. At 4 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's tomorrow. No. That is on Friday morning. San Marino, Cyprus. No, no, yes. I will be cheating. <laughs> awesome. Um, does anyone have anything else before we go? Uh, no, I, no, I think. Could I just say that Burnley have got off very lightly this pod because yeah. they, are, they are one point above the relegation zone and looking shit. So I just wanted to make sure that we just gave them a quick name check because next week I'm going to give. Uh, I'm going to give them a proper battering. Yeah, no, that's they fine. won't have played a game, will they? Which means they'll be in exactly the same position. Yeah. So, can so you can the say the next week, yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. As always, if you want to get in touch, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com um, or find us on social media, just search Football Shed and don't forget to leave us a review and tell your mates. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>